The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP by going to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. More on that later. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged and kinetic skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, the Sixers without Joel Embiid for a couple of games survive against the Pacers, but choose not to play any defense at all against the Bulls. Their three-game win streak comes to a close. Ben Simmons makes a free throw, but the Nets Mm. lose. Then Ben starts a new streak, and the Nets win. Uh, Does the media hate Joel Embiid and a special guest co-host today? Mike is at a undisclosed location working for Young Rock. So I was like, hmm... And I find a white Jewish guy from Philly area somewhere to fill in for him. And I did. Adam Lefko is here from uh, NBA on Tuesday night on TNT. And also a man who has played hundreds of one-on-one games against one of our sponsors, which mm. we will get to later. Um, really have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that later. We'll get to it later. Before we get going, they are now live. We have two new shirts available. Two new Ricky shirts. One is Coach Mike, which celebrates his uh, one-to-one zone um, where Mike coached his fiance Alyssa's basketball team to a victory with only four players by going to the one-to-one zone. Wow. That, yeah, that shirt is available. As well <laughs> as uh, we at, at the Ricky have never criticized and have always believed in Tobias Harris, just like you. So the I've always believed in Tobias Harris shirt is live. They will be for sale for only two weeks. Pre-order right now. Uh, if you're watching live, uh, CJ will drop them in the chat. Otherwise, uh, just go into the description of this podcast to purchase. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Larry, sweetie, the man is here. We will write y'all, we will write, we will write, even when it went wrong, we will write, we will write, we will write y'all, we will write, so say the name, say the name, we will write y'all, we will write, even when it went wrong, we will write, we will write y'all, we will write, so say the name, say the name, say the name. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Gaskin, along with guest co-host, big star, NBA on TNT Tuesday night. That is one, Adam Lefko. Number one, I've never seen that video. I've only listened to you guys. Oh, I didn't realize production. the yeah. moments there. Yeah. Like from the fights with the Eagles fans <laughs> to Furkan Korkmaz, like headbutting somebody. Yeah. It made me love Embiid more. Yeah, like the thumbs up and all that. I just want to say this. I am starting the season of TNT Tuesday. I'm getting ready to sit next to Shaq again. But all I'm getting texted about is coming on this show. Yeah, Philadelphia and what this what you guys have done. Let me just hype you up really. Oh, come on. 
for you guys to be as consistent as you have been through all of this, because there have been a lot of years where I don't think any of us actually wanted to watch those games and to keep going, to, to get the players to fall in love with this city through meeting you guys, through the parties you've done, the draft nights turning lottery night into something. I believe that, one, the fact that you guys haven't rung the bell yet is an absolute disgrace. Thank you. Thank you. The fact that you guys were getting hundreds of people to like Milwaukee in the middle of the process. I was having to host videos at Bleacher Report with like Rick Buecher and Howard Beck when they would like every every video was a joke about the Sixers. And the only place that I had to feel like I had a community was you guys. You're an institution. Oh. It's an honor to be here. And um I'm not even going to pretend like I can fill in for Mike in terms of his acumen, because I'm going to say this right now. I've worked with a lot of analysts. I think Mike is the smartest basketball mind that no one talks about. And I'm just going to hype him up. And it's not because his dad was my eye doctor or that my dad coached him in basketball back in the day. But when I when I really say that when it comes draft time, I care more about what Mike says than almost anybody else. Y'all are killing it. It's an honor to be here, and um, I'm honored you even asked. Spike. Oh, that is a uh, that is a, a very nice thing. I we there have been several times over the years that the, the consistency is funny because uh, at this point it was funny. I think it was like two pods ago, I and I, I bet CJ even noticed it. We were at the end of the pod talking about like the last ten years, and Mike was like. I don't even know what my life would be like at this point without it. I think I felt like I wouldn't be wearing pants. And like, <laughs> there was probably a couple years ago where Mike was like, I can't believe we're still fucking like, why are we doing this? Um, but it finally hit a point now where it's like, it's 10 years. Right. So it's like this regular wow. cadence and part of our lives. And the funniest thing, and then we'll, move on. I appreciate you saying all those things. The, the funny thing about it is the hardest times and this is why Mike is so important on the podcast is that like when Sam resigned or they, they, uh, they lost it, you know, against the Raptors or something. And I had to like convince him that we had to do the podcast because he was so emotionally like erect by it. That is what is important, you know? So, yeah. uh, he, he, he still cares, you know? Still yeah. Cares. Like, Look, man, when the when the Celtics lose, I love listening and I love listening to Bill Simmons when he's a mess. Yeah. But we I we all turn to you guys for like some clarity. And I, I'm gonna say this. We were supposed to have the Piston Sixers on Tuesday as our opening night game. Mm. Wow. I wonder and, and the Pistons is it that it Cade getting hurt, I imagine. Kind Cade of right got hurt. There, killed, yeah. I mean, dude, I I even this was what I was gonna wear on the first show. Oh, so the gonna, answers. I was going to wear the the answers on the first show. Wow. Um, But when we do Sixers highlights, I am 100% giving out a shout out to the Ricky. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Saying the name. Because they got to say the name. Got to say the name. Got to say the name. Uh, Yeah, it does. How are are you? You're like allowed to like just be Sixers fan when you when you do it right just so you're not you're not like i've not never like, done it any other way right 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 right, right. Um, it's just you know how it is if you pretend you're not biased those are the most biased people right 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 like in your gut it's still there i do believe that like with somebody we've had zach low on a bunch of times who uh you know 
grew up a, a Celtics fan. I think somebody like him is probably beat out of him at, at some point because of all the analysis he has to does and he takes that part of it so seriously. But most of us, even if you try, it's still somewhere in your gut. You know, yeah, you go home for Thanksgiving and that's all your family talks about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's still in your brain. Yeah. I'm still in a group chat with my guys called for the parlay. Yes. In honor of zoom off with my guys, Athy and Lapone. but like, yeah, that's it. All right. I'm done hyping you up. Oh, thank you. Um, well, we'll, I want to, uh, cause I wanted to talk about the, the, the show too. Like I want to talk about like working with Shaq and Kansas Park and all that stuff. We'll talk about that later. I want to start with a little bit from last night. Do you watch last night? I did. All right. So like you, honestly, it was one of those games from the beginning. So Sixers lose to the Bulls. It was one of those games from the beginning where Sixers started off super hot from three. But if you've watched the team long enough, you knew that eventually that was going to like cool off and something didn't seem quite right. Harden came in. So here were like the things to notice for me. Here were like the, the big, the big things I took away from it. One, uh, Harden came in, whether he just wasn't particularly interested, whether he wasn't feeling well, whatever it was, you could tell that he was going to be going at like, like 55% speed the entire time. And he doesn't really have like the, the, the speed to spare at that point. And like, there are some games we were talking about the, on the last pod, there are some games where he'll hit a step back early and all of a sudden it changes how they guard him. And all of a sudden he can get to the rim or whatever. If he doesn't, which is like what happened last night, and he's sort of like not dialed in, it becomes the can't get by anybody thing, throw his arms up in the lane. I think he ended up 417. And he's good enough to where you look at the stats at the end and there's like, you know, 17 points, 12 assists, you know, eight rebounds or whatever. But it was, to me, watching it was one of the worst hardened games of the year um, for me. And it's like- It was like one of 10 in the first quarter, like to yeah. your point. Yeah. yeah. It, like, and it's what makes me, he's like the hardest player to figure out, I, I think, in- in the, in the 10 years we've been doing this, because my gut tells me when I'm watching him, it's just not there anymore. I'm not going to be able to trust in the playoffs, whatever. But then when it's clicking and you look at the numbers and you look at the on off thing and you look at the offense when he's there, it all, it all seems to like not add up to what my eyes tell me, but like there are games like last night and every star has, you know, bad games and games where they don't try all that hard. But like, there was games like last night. I made the joke on Twitter that it reminded me of a, cl- a closeout game in the playoffs. That's what he he looked like. Damn. He you're know, an elimination game. I just there are games like last night where I just it it renews every fear that I had, even though it's some random game in January against the Bulls. I think also going back to the pay because I was excited to do this pod after the Pacers game, like putting yeah. it together and Tobias right. getting the steals and or Maxi getting the steals, Tobias hitting the threes. And but even in that game, I was in my group chat. And and we were talking about how Harden kind of disappeared in that fourth quarter. Yeah. And and I think it's just that fear whenever he disappears for a length of time, we get triggered. And I've started actually thinking about it with Ben because I remember having to defend Ben all those years. And now that I'm hearing people defend him on the other side, I'm like, yeah. oh, I know what you're going through. Yeah. And I feel like it's the reverse with Harden. Yep. Where I'm like, you know what? I think it's I think it's gonna click, but we all have that fear that whatever happens in the regular season, when it gets to the playoffs and it's a big game, it's gonna disappear. 
I I was excited to see Maxi start off as quickly as he did last night. It was a it great like, it was a great Maxi game last great night. Great Maxi game. Great I Maxie thought it was game. a great Tobias game. It was a great I Tob- thought, offensively, Tobias offensively I thought so. game. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um and I thought, you know, Montrez offensively uh can do some things every now and then. But and I I even liked when it was late in the game and they were scrapping and they're fighting for rebounds and and Paul's in there and they're trying to make a comeback. But in the end, you got Vucevic going for like a tw- almost a 2020 triple double. Uh, Zach Levine, who I know that I kind of wanted the Sixers to go after around the trade deadline, just lighting it up. Um, but then there's also that thing in the back of your head that goes, well, Embiid wasn't there. Right. So but what does it matter anyway? What is it? Even, that's yeah. not even who we are. I mean, I don't think Embiid's ever lost to the Bulls, but no, 12 and 0. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was it it was it was good. It was bad, but in the end, uh, I just sat there and I went. I'm I'm still disappointed based on preseason expectations, Spike. I still haven't gotten around to what I thought this team would be and like what I'm justifying they are right now. Yeah, and 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 by the way, I think you can. I think you can honestly with Harden and Bead, the overall expectations, the numbers that you see, and the team that you watch. Like it's all, it's all the same thing to me. Like you, you look at them this year, by the way, uh, just to, on the things that you mentioned, Maxi was awesome. It was mm-hmm. the first time he looked in rhythm. It was yep. the first time the threes were going down. Um, you know, it worries me a little bit, not worries me, but like, it's notable that, that Embiid wasn't there and not that Maxi and Embiid aren't, um, aren't, you know, can't, can't play together, but when it's, uh, Maxi and Embiid, and Harden and Tobias, it just doesn't seem like there's enough for Maxi to like really get going all the time, which is I think why why people have brought up the six man stuff and and why. But but it was nice to see him playing well. The the other and Tobias offensively was really good last night. He, he would, did sort of like everything defensively. I, I thought when specifically when. Patrick Williams hit a couple of threes and Zach mm-hmm. Levine did. And it was like Tobias. And we talked to Tobias about it on this podcast about helping when he didn't like about players helping when they didn't need to help. He was helping somewhere else and closing out late. There were a couple of those, but the, the Montrez thing and the Paul Reed thing is like Montrez did have a couple of nice moments offensively, but they, they miss and bead so much. And Montrez oh. is so bad defensively and you know, to, and they're such a bad rebounding team and Michael Connor made this point and all of a sudden you see Paul Reed in there and I know he like, I'm sure that he fucks a lot of things up that we don't know about and it drives doc crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure of it, but he's like fighting for offensive boards yeah. and like moving around. And you're like, you think to yourself, man, if we had just tried this eight minutes ago when Harold was in or when PJ Tucker, who I feel like this gut, response to defend but looks like he's like walking dead at this point uh especially when they make him play center when he just he doesn't have it like it just feels like if they've given paul reed eight more minutes at some place in there he could have created enough havoc to like not let the game get away from them it's that's the refrain of the year is just everyone saying more b-ball paul and then you look at the plus minus after the game and you're like maybe not but montrez i feel like is a half a second off on both sides. And I feel like it helps him on offense. And I think it hurts him on defense. He's yeah. always a half a second late on the closeout and then they just get by him. But offensively, I think it almost throws off the other team and he's able to get these, like he doesn't go up right away for the dunk, but 
the PJ Tucker thing is, um, man, we, we've reached a point where when he signed them, uh, Jamal Crawford was making fun of me because I was like, oh, we're getting the one seed. Yeah. And everything me too. was a me too. Yeah, that I was like, that was the missing piece. Yeah. Um, it, Actually, Melton has been the guy that we haven't had for a decade, the three-point shooter, on-ball defender, good in transition guy. But I just I'm still in the preseason where we get Tucker, Boston, all that stuff happens with Ime Udoka. So I go, oh, maybe they'll start slow. Milwaukee is um Middleton hurt. I went, maybe they'll start a little slow. And then I'm looking at Brooklyn, and if you would have told me before the year that Ben Simmons would barely score eight points and they'd fire Steve Nash, I'd be like, this is perfect. And in, and we're in like sixth, and we're battling with the pace. And so I just – where I thought we were going to be and where we are, every time I put on the Sixers, I'm just wrestling with that right now. Yeah, and and that, that was my point. Actually, we'll get to this in a second. I, I want to tie together the Harden and Bead Sixers preseason thing. Uh, after we talk about Mortgage CS, our sponsor, Mortgage CS. I, I, I noted to somebody the other day, I did an interview on a different podcast, and um, I was noting that the, the, the age of our listeners and like the some of our sponsors is sort of perfect. And Mortgage CS is one of those because there's so many of our listeners that are buying a home for the first time. And I remember when I did, I've now I'm on my second one, but the mortgage thing was, was like a fucking mystery to me. And even though the person who helped me with my mortgage was fine, it seemed like they were moving a million miles an hour all the time. And I didn't even understand what they were talking about. And mortgage CS is like different than that. And I wish that I had had mortgage CS when I was there. So mortgage CS is a mortgage broker, not a lender. They're not giving you the money. Their job is to go to all the different banks and find you the best rate. But they, they not only take that part seriously, and they're independent, so they don't have any sort of like secret ties to banks. So you can be sure that they're leading you to the best place all the time, which is not the case with every mortgage broker. But the other thing is, is like they take the time. They have a staff who is attentive, but like, you know, it's like nine, 10 people and they, they don't take on too much and they're always attentive and they're always, they want you to understand the mortgage process at the end of it always available to you. Here is their CEO, Ben's cell phone number, 267-391-7425. Text him right now. He will respond to you. Because when you have a mortgage broker who's helping you through this, right? They, you're going to need them on Saturday morning. You're going to need them at night. Call him or text him, 267-391-7425, or go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. You'll see the special site they created for our listeners. You can become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP. And as the market changes, you know it's been a seller's market for like two years. Like crazy if you try to buy a house or sell a house, which I've done, but it's like slowly sorting to sh starting to shift as interest rates go up a little bit, and you know people the economy is a little sketchy. If you over the next six months, as you go to buy a home, it, it's going to change a little bit, and and you as a buyer may be in better position. Mortgage CS will help you with all of that: the timing, the mortgage, all of it. Again, go to mortgagecs.com/ricky. Call or text their CEO Ben two six seven three nine one seven four two five. This advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS one four six four seven six six. Visit mortgagecs.com/ricky for more information. All right. I was saying Harden and Embiid and the team. Like, do you snap after every ad read? No, that one. When I have to read, um, uh, like disclaimer, 
And Mortgage CS uh, is the only one that has like the long disclaimer. I'm so proud of myself for not I was going to say, it seemed like pride. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, because the company NMLS 1464766 is the place where I get tripped up. Um, and I didn't get tripped up that time. <laughs> Got it. Okay. All right. Uh, so Harden and Embiid. Uh, Harden, Embiid, and, and team. Okay. So you look at Harden's numbers. He's averaging like 12 assists a game, you know, 22 points, yada, yada, yada. You're like, you look at it, you're like, ah. Great. Uh, Embiid, you're like, he's averaging 34 points, 10 rebounds, should be MVP. Great. You look at the team, even though you said they're six for sure, but like, you know, since starting 12 and 12, I don't know what they're like 11 and three they're, mm -hmm. they've got the fifth best point differential in the NBA. They're two and a half games out of first. You're like, all right, they're right there. Yeah. But, and as much as I love Joel, as great as he is, even those numbers, like none of those numbers add up to what I see. And like, that's my problem. And I don't know if I'm just negative. Somebody in the YouTube comments once said like, I, you know, since they came back, they've got like a 118, since Harden came back, they've got like a 120 offensive rating. They're 11. Why are you so negative about it? And I just can't figure out if it's because I'm, I've been fucking beaten down over the mm. years or there's something that like doesn't quite add up when I watch them compared to what I expect an elite team to look like. That's what I can't figure out. I think... I think you're right on a lot of that. I also think that watching the Sixers is unlike any other team because so much of those counting numbers come from the free throw line. Right, right. And right. and I don't know how many of how much of that is bankable uh for the playoffs. I also think there was that game that caused Mike to rant about Embiid being does he think he's a guard where <laughs> at the end of the game Embiid is trying to dribble through triple teams and you're like, this is not sustainable. Like this is not something that I can bank on. Um, and when he goes off for 48 and 10, it's against the wizards who every big man dominates. I, I want to stop being negative. I'm going to try and be positive right now. No, I, but the problem is I agree with you, man. Like I'm saying the same thing that you're seeing where yeah. these numbers look great, but you know who else's numbers look great? LaMelo Ball. And when I watch his games, I'm like, this is not when Like, so many yeah. of these assists are coming when the game is so in the bag. Um, but I, we're, the counting stats don't, don't add up to what we're seeing. And I agree with you. And I'm trying to, to do a counterpoint right now, but I am lock stock with you. So bef before I want to talk to you about uh, about uh, NBA on TNT and doing that, which it's just like, I just... Honestly, Shaq seems like such a fun person to uh, like be around all the time. But before we do, because we mentioned it, the so the, the newest, there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years up from us specifically and, and from fans about Embiid and MVP. And this year, so the, you know, the NBA.com has the MVP ladder and the most recent one, Embiid is number six. Mm. Um Jokic, Tatum, Durant, Luka, Giannis ahead of him, right? And then the all-star voting comes out and um, Embiid is third in the Eastern Conference in front court, which would put him as a starter. I guess fan voting is like 50% or whatever, but right. puts him in position to be a starter. So then uh, let me play this audio. It's like two minutes oh, of audio. Is this the Windhorst one? Yeah, yeah. This so, was interesting. So he's on the Hoop Collective podcast, which is Windhorst's podcast. and. Unfortunately, because it's audio, I don't know who he's actually like. 
I um, think it's online. Tim Bontemp, Bontemps. Bontemps. Okay. Yeah. And he, he had the, that would make sense because they were talking about the, uh, the straw poll, the, um, the MVP straw poll that came out a while ago where, um, where Embiid wasn't even like, I think he was like 10th or something like that. So here's the audio. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Embiid this year. Or is Jason Tatum better than Kevin Durant, Giannis Tedekupo or Joel Embiid? I, I think, Maybe not everybody. I think most people would say he's not as good as those guys in a vacuum either. So, you know, he's had an incredible year. He does deserve to start. But if somebody of those guys is not going to start, I think Tatum's a pretty easy call as the fourth guy. Well, but yet Tatum is popular. The media voters like Tatum and have been impressed with his season to this point. Well, the media well, voters well, like Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, the, the media voters like do not Embiid. like Joel. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. The media <laughs> voters do not the like Joel Embiid. The last two years, hold Mr. On, Hanlon. Hold on. hold on a second. Hold on a second. We are going to do some fact checking here. All right. Wait a minute. All right. So now one thing uh, I, and I like, Windhorst, I, I can't tell if he's being facetious or if he's whatever he is, but Windhorst has always been pro Joel and we are a pro Windy podcast here, even though he's uh, ridiculous. I think both, and you tell me your position. I thought about this for a while because we fought for Embiid to be MVP for a while here. And I look at his numbers, right? 34 and 10, leading the league in scoring. Uh, before the last couple of games, they were like number two or three in defense. I think they're down to eight. If you look at individual defensive rating, he's number one in the league. But I do not at this point this year, he's had a great season. At this point this year, I would not have him above Jokic, Tatum, Durant, or Luka for MVP. I would have him right there with Giannis. But like, I would not have him. I think it's it, the numbers this year, something's happened with the NBA. I think it's like a confluence of like 15 different things to make the numbers outrageous. There's, I think last, last I checked, there's seven players averaging 30 points. There's never been more than three. Um, and and norm, some years there's zero, some years there's one. His numbers look great, but compared to everybody else's numbers, they're just sort of like right there with every other MVP candidate. There's plenty of players scoring 30 points a game. Like, so I think he's been great. I think it's possible the, the media doesn't like him. I think there might be a bit of a bias against him. He, you know, he doesn't really like, doesn't even have an agent. I think, like, I think that's possible, mm. but I also think he doesn't deserve MVP this year so far. They were debating the Eastern Conference All-Stars. Yes. And I think that... You especially, I mean, MB just won NBA Player of the Month, and and the Sixers, like you said, are like eleven and three. Meanwhile, yep. the Celtics are completely collapsing, and Tatum's statistics are plummeting. And I think one thing that I don't understand is it's not East versus West anymore; it is mm -hmm. a complete redraft. So right now, those four: Tatum, Durant, Giannis, and Embiid, and then you couple that with a Donovan Mitchell. And I know Kyrie is up there in the voting, but like, why can't that be the five? Is something that I've never understood because it's just going to be LeBron and Durant drafting or LeBron and Giannis drafting. I don't know why it has to be all that. Um, I agree with you, though, in terms of 
it, I would not feel like I was being truthful if I had to debate on TNT and be deserving it over Luca or and be deserving it over Durant. Like I, I right. can't make that argument right now. Um, even Jokic, I think the only reason we say no to Jokic is well, they're not going to give him three in a row. Yeah, we're we're sick of it. Like we're just yes. enough with the Jokic thing. We get it. Yeah. But I, what's, what was interesting is I listened to the four-minute clip of that, and Wendy kept trying to say that the media is biased against Embiid, and the other guy who I think is Hanlon, just yeah. because he said that name, um, was talking. He got second place, and he was the he got MVP of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, but I have, our I have argument. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah our argument as Sixers fans has been that's not our point. Like our point has always been, he was the MVP. So the fact that you gave him second, like you don't, you don't get a pass for being pro Embiid for giving him second. Um, when he was, because what's going to be very frustrating for pro Embiid guys is now that Jokic is the number one seed in the West. Now suddenly seeding is going to matter when those, and meanwhile that he was the six seed last year and Embiid was the two, um, but no, I, I I'm in agreement with you. But if he comes back and the Sixers make a surge, because like you said, they're just two and a half games back, that could change. And and being at 34 and 10 is a great starting point. Yeah. Well, last year, to your point, I think Denver going into the final week of the season could have been in the play-in. They were right there. Right now, if you look at records, the Sixers and Denver had like I think very similar records. You could do it anyway. But I I agree with you. Yeah. Later in the argument, they were saying. If he's so disrespected, how did he come in second in MVP? To your point, that's the disrespectful part. He yes. shouldn't have been second. Right. And and but it's a fun arguing trick to say they voted him the most valuable in the Eastern Conference. And that if you're debating it, I, I can understand that. I, you know, I have to get Adam on from DNVR and we just have to hash out the uh the Jokic versus Embiid thing. Um because it, I Bontemps had a great line too, where he goes, I don't even think it's a debate. Embiid has more points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks than Jason Tatum. And when you say it like that, where it's like not even a single category, right. and you realize that the Celtic, there's this crazy thing with all-star games that happens in every sport, Pro Bowl, all of that, where if you do really well for the first three weeks of the year, it ingrains so much in people's brains that it's hard to forget, where really the guy that's overperforming for the Celtics is, is uh, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is the one averaging 28 points or 27 points per game, and he's never been up there before. He's the one, and and uh, Grant Williams and, and all those guys. But uh, it's for me, it's going to be really tough in 20 years, 30 years, to look back at Embiid and go, is he never going to make a first-team All-NBA? Right, right. Like, right, is, yeah. is that and, – and I know we can't give somebody – it, this year, just like we can't put Laurie Markin in as an all-star starter because we're pretty confident that um, one of those forwards will get in later. Um, but man, it's it just it 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 feels like it's tainting this whole run because I I don't know why my emotions are tied to that guy getting a first team All NBA, but they are. Yeah, I, I would like him to get an MVP. I said once on the podcast, I, th I forget what year it was, that I would rather him get the MVP than them win the championship. And I'm like, like people got wow. got mad at me. But I, but, and and Mike's point, Mike understands. Mike, when I say things like that, Mike understands what I mean. It, it doesn't agree with me. His point was, if they win the championship, Embiid will get, like, 
he will get the respect that you're hoping that he gets with with the MVP. And like I I understand that too. That that seems uh seems possible too. But and I what if like, they win the title and Harden gets the MVP? I just I couldn't handle that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, 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 just, <laughs> just deep down in me, I I I intellectually want them to succeed with Harden. In my gut, I hear Andrew the there's this thing where when you when you don't watch a player every game, you have a different perspective on them. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. Harden, I would just I would watch like six times a year, would would look at the numbers and be like, that guy's fucking amazing. Like whatever. When I'm watching him every game, especially at this point, and Sharp laughs at me all the time, I fucking can't stand it. Like it is, it is really hard to watch for me. I'm never having a good time watching him. I want it to do well, but, but like if I, aesthetically, am I enjoying it? I'm not enjoying it. I never enjoy it. I'll say this. There's a DraftKings sponsor in the top corner here. Yeah. I not only watch, this is the most basketball I've ever watched partially because I'm getting ready for TNT. The other half is because I've really started to love betting on NBA games. It's a great way of like paying attention to the NBA. Yeah, like because of that for so many years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Props and all that. Yeah, there are so many teams that I enjoy watching more than the Sixers (laughs) from a stylistic point of view. And and, it can be and Harden with the triple, 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 triple. You're just sitting there and you're like, there's only one other team that I see this, and it is the Houston Rockets. And it is it is Porter Jr. and it is Jalen Green, and it is one-on-one every time. Okay. I I want to stop being negative. Okay. All right. Um, before we get to NBA on TNT on Tuesdays, starting, I want to so we teased that you had played a Ricky sponsor hundreds of times in one-on-one <laughs> now i i heard from this ricky sponsor so just to i figured to, you talked to him so i but he reached out to me so when i asked adam to do the pod he was like i gotta do the cornblow ad <laughs> i'm like all right yep. we'll, we'll figure it out cornblow and cornblow but then last night i hear from cornblow and <laughs> And the text, I didn't even reach out to Cornblow. I wanted, I wanted, uh, I wanted this to be a surprise to him. But he said, "Be sure to ask Adam Lefko about my basketball game. We played one on one every day on AFS Varsity Basketball circa 2004." So, what yep. is your Cornblow connection? I hated playing Adam Cornblow in basketball. <laughs> I hated it. He he was like he was like this little Manu Ginobili like effort all the time running as hard as he could and then here I am like I've heard coaches say they can look at an athlete and know how how athletic they are based on their ankles and I got some thick ankles and so I was much more of the back to the basket up and under like I was very much an undersized Jokic. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's and and Cornblow. Cornblow was you know was Tony Parker. Wow. Uh, Was good. Cornblow was quick, man. It was me and Cornblow being like seventh guy off the bench, like fighting for that spot. Okay. So so were you in same school? He wasn't as good as as Michael. Okay. Oh, Mike's better than Cornblow. Oh, I, I think Mike was a, a really good – Mike played like two years up when he was a kid. Okay. All I right. thought Michael could ball. I asked okay. my dad for a scouting report. He said, good shooter, good passer, solid defense. For Mike? On Mike? Yeah, on Mike. Okay. All right. It's a Bruce Lefko uh, 
<laughs> the scouting report. But well, no, I, 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 Cornblow was a was a great dude, and uh, every time that I listen to your pod and I hear his name get mentioned, I just die, I die laughing. Inside. Well, and the, it was funny. I, I sent I sent Mike a uh, an update on who the the fill-ins would be, and I, I mentioned you. And Mike Mike mentioned the connection uh, to you. His he was like, yeah, you know, my dad was eye doctor, blah blah blah. And Cornblow was like a, a counselor when Mike was a camper at some camp. And I, I told him, I was like, as soon as Adam mentioned Cornblow, I knew that there was no more than two degrees of separation between Lefko and Mike. Like I Probably. knew that, yeah, yeah. that yeah, it had to be close somewhere. 100%. Cornblow and Cornblow is the official law firm of the Ricky. Uh, you know, that, that law firm has been around, uh, four decades his parents started it and he runs it now with his mom he takes what he does incredibly seriously he's incredibly passionate about it they are you hear about personal injury law firms all the time you see them advertise you see billboard you hear commercials whatever most of those how that works is they're just referral services so if you see a a billboard somewhere you call them they're really just referring you somewhere else and getting the money cornblow and cornblow like when you reach out to them they are the ones handling your case uh they have some of the biggest medical malpractice results in all of Southeastern PA, uh, they will come to you. They've got offices all over the Delaware Valley, but Cornblow will come to you. And as I said, the most important part is when you reach out to them, you're getting them. Adam will take care of you. Adam, and, and Adam cares about this. And I, I've mentioned a couple of times, I was involved in a personal injury lawsuit once prior to knowing Cornblow. It is a long, tedious, frustrating process. And to have somebody who you know you can trust on the other side of it is super important. If you think you might have a case, give him a call, shoot him an email. He's also helped out like so many of our listeners with like problems with landlords and shit. So uh, if you have any legal question whatsoever, but he handles personal injury, 215-576-7200, ask for Adam or email cornblau at cornblau and cornblau.com. K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U, cornblau and cornblau, official law firm of the process. So you mentioned, so MBA on TNT on Tuesdays returns this Tuesday. It is you, it is Shaq, it is Candace Parker, and Jamal Crawford. Um, yes, sir. So it was going to be Sixers Pistons. What's it going to be now? Uh, it is Thunder Heat has taken over. Shea Gilgis Alexander. I know that that look on your face. Well, I mean, I, I understand the movie. <laughs> I, look, whatever. It's Pistons related, I believe. Yeah, I, I, I understood the moving the Pistons out, but like. I tried to fight for them the fucking heat are 500 and the, 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 the thunder are tanking for like the 80th straight year, but there's fun players to watch on both teams. So, so I get it. So, uh, how many years the night is this? game is warriors sons. Uh, oh, this is going to be, too. this will be my fourth season doing it. The first season though, felt like two, cause that was 2020. And so uh, that was like half of it was at home. And then like half of it, I had to live in Atlanta just okay. because like we couldn't use the airports Right. Uh, so this will be year number four. Wow, that's crazy. And Shaq, the entire has it been the same crew the entire time? Or me, Shaq, and Candace the entire time. Yeah, Wade was the first three years, but oh, now Wade cool. is, uh, and he's still an amazing friend. He's still a dude that I talk to all the time. But once you own an NBA team, and we really need you to like be honest about NBA players. Yeah. The other thing too is when you start hanging around billionaires. It's really hard to be an employee, is my read on it. Yeah, yeah, sure. When they're like, when they're like, we're going to the, we're going to the Amalfi Coast for three weeks, and they're like, hey, we need you in Atlanta on Tuesday for Thunder Heat. That gets a little bit tough. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that, and I mentioned, Shaq seems like a fun person to to work with. The thing that, whether it's, um, you know, 
Ernie Johnson with Shaq and and Chuck and and Kenny or or your show. Um, I think the thing that everybody likes about TNT's presentation is that everybody feels like they're just like hanging out and having a good time. And TV, you know, I I for a couple, not certainly not the level that you did it, but I did local like Eagles pregame on CBS in Philly for a couple of years. And TV is like is so much different than radio and podcasting because everything is so structured and so much shorter and the ability that you or that you have shown on that show um that, that i think all of tnt is able to do is like is to make, not make it feel that way even if behind the scenes it sort of is that way um and i'm wondering how does is it is it because of who the people are who are on the set is it like how did how do you end up achieving that it is instituted from the original producer was this guy, Tim Kylie, And I think Ernie had a lot to do with this. He's the only one that would go to production meetings. And so he knew the game plan and, and this, I, we run it the same way. I know the game plan. The producer knows we have graphics made for any conversation that we might have. We have elements we want to get to. It's a lot like curb your enthusiasm where you go in and you go, here's where we're starting and here's where we're ending, but how we get there, we have no idea. Shaq, when I like Shaq might get there 15 minutes to go and mm-hmm. I've reached a point with him now where I'll print out standings and I highlight the two early teams and I highlight in a different color, the two late teams. He is coming in completely fresh. I have, we, I have not rehearsed with Jamal. I haven't talked to Candace about what they want to talk about. It is completely up in the air. And you know how rare that is with television. For like, sure. Yeah. Usually TV, it's like, you're going to take this point and you're going to take that point and 20 seconds on each. Um, And the other thing that is very encouraged is we prefer there to be mistakes uh, compared to other shows where if this go, if, if all of a sudden Shaq spills, well, now we're doing a whole spill show, you know, and then memes are going to come in and we're just going to ride with it. We also love showing tweets where they're making fun of us, where if you say something wrong, instead of, you know, correcting yourself, now we have memes coming in about how you don't know how to speak. So uh, we, we reach, and I don't use teleprompter, Spike. Well, can and that's I, on purpose. Can, can I tell you? So, so I, they added me. It was who was I working with? Leslie and Beasley Reese, whatever on this on the CBS three show, and they had me as like the hey, here's like the guy who's going to go to the internet and like bring mm. us, you know, like so they the first time I ever did it, I had like. 90 seconds or something. And I had a thing on a teleprompter and I started reading it. And then, but because I'm a radio person, podcast person or whatever, I just started talking about something else. And then I went back to the teleprompter. I couldn't find my spot. Same I, so, place, yep. I, so I never used it again. Using a teleprompter is fucking hard. And like, if you're trying to be loose, I almost like, it's impossible. Right. I mean, I, I it's pretty. Tough. I don't use it for for two reasons. One, I think that when you're reading, it is not authentic, and and honestly, you probably only have to memorize a few sentences. Like why you should be able to do that yeah. uh, in general. That's just how I feel. And two, I started noticing that the analyst that I was on TV with would read while I was reading. 
And so they weren't uh, listening to what I was saying. Shaq is up there and he's trying to read it and he's trying to like do it in his own head. Right. But I, w- I would rather, if I'm talking, him to reach over and hit me or be like, man, look at what Candace is wearing. That's ridiculous. But they're, they're focused on reading the words if I have words in the teleprompter. Yeah. And so um, I, you're a lot like me where I look at different forms of media as experimentation and almost like an equation where if I tweak this, how does that change this over here? And so all of it is how do I create chaos? How do I put everyone around me in situations where you're not going to get this experience anywhere else because nowhere else is doing it like this? And every other major TV network that I have seen, like I used to do a podcast with Chris Sims and now he's on NBC and I was talking to him and he was like, oh, we rehearse the entire show multiple times because at NBC, it's like, bop, 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 bop. And I'm like, how is that fun? Like, that because everything you know, Jason Garrett gets six seconds and then Chris Sims gets 14 seconds, and then Tony Dutt, it's all very measured. And I that's good TV from one perspective. But I think the reason people fall in love with Chuck and Shaq and Ernie and Kenny is that when they come on and Chuck goes, Hey man, that's great and all, but mm-hmm. did you guys see the double down at KFC? They got <laughs> chicken and bacon and and ernie is sitting there and i see it in his face and he's going he's just taking his script and he's just throwing it out the window because he's like i guess we're not talking about celtics but that's why we love it well it's it's funny you mentioned like the the more structured thing so i work with boomer siason who does the morning show at wfan and has for a long time now with greg giannotti formerly with with craig but also does cbs nfl uh, on Sundays, which is more, far more structured. Um, but then he's doing like this goofy morning show. And it, it is amazing to me, honestly, that he is able to have like two parts of his brain who are able to do one thing and then completely turn it off when he's doing like the other thing. They are very, very different things. Not, not that one of them is good and one of them is bad, but I think if you're, if you're coming from somewhere that you've come from or I've come from going into like this thing loose and sort of with, without, so you need a roadmap, but like without every step on the roadmap is like, is, is much more fun. Very right brain, left brain. Yeah, for sure. Math and arts. Well, Tuesday night, the big matchup championship preview between the heat and the, the thunder <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, with you. And there Shaq. are other games that night though, Donovan Mitchell returning yeah. back to Utah and then uh, Luca versus the Clippers. So it, it is a good night. And then I do have a bet for oh, Sixers fans. Okay. So I am a psycho and my favorite thing right now is to bet NBA quarters. And I'm going to give oh, you okay. my theory. Okay. My theory is that it's very important to bet things that other people aren't betting because these companies uh-huh. like DraftKings have an incredible amount of data and you're really not getting an edge. But let's say the Warriors are playing and they're expected to score 120. They're going to break that down to 30, 30, 30, 30. Yeah. But if I know that Steph and Clay don't play half of the second quarter, then why are they expected to score the same amount in the second quarter? So that's because I look at rotations. Luka doesn't play the second quarter. Jokic doesn't play the second quarter. I have a bet for you. And it's it's very timely because of who the Sixers are playing the next two games. The number one third quarter over team in the NBA right now is the Detroit Pistons. 
It is insane. Hmm. They are now 31 and 11 overall to the over in the third quarters this season. I didn't bet it last night because they were playing the Spurs. And I went, these are two of the worst offensive teams in the NBA. They scored 61 points in the third quarter last night. Combined. Last yeah. time they played the Sixers, they put up 56 combined. What I do for all my people out there that, are, that want to ride this for the Sixers, because Sixers play them back-to-back. Let's say you're going to bet $100. I would bet $50 on the third quarter over before the quarter starts because it's probably going to be around 56. And then what you do is you pray that the first minute both teams miss a shot and it's going to drop to like 52 because it reacts so quickly because it's a quarter bet and then you bet the other $50. So that, but I'm telling you the Pistons, the number one third quarter over team, it's been amazing to me. It's hitting at 80%. So I don't know if you ever read it. There's, you know, Bob Volgaris, the, yeah. the sports better who ended up working for the Mavericks and now just mm-hmm. tweets about fucking crypto and poker all day. But um, there's a chapter on him in The Signal and the Noise, which is Nate Silver's book and uh, about him and how he how he became a successful sports better. But one of the his, his two most famous things, one of them is. Uh, the the Lakers team that ended up winning the championship that beat the Kings, he he put a huge future bet on that. But the mm-hmm. other thing was that he realized, like he would find, um, he would find where the books weren't paying attention and find like, and one of the things he found is funny you mentioned that is that if the over under for a game was two forty, the first half over under would always be one twenty, and mm-hmm. it would always just be half. And and the second halves of games, the Play the NBA teams play more defense and would be lower always. Every so time. he and it took them a while to figure out like what he was doing, but he made like a huge fortune for I don't know if it was a season or two seasons or whatever, just finding that, you know, because mm-hmm. the the books are, and God bless DraftKings, sponsor of the pod, they there's so many different things they have to they have to watch odds on. Like it's it's almost like it's impossible for them. To keep up, if if yeah, like I didn't even want to talk about this, right, but I have to because right. I want to provide value to the listeners. Yeah, but like, yeah, the worst thing you can do after you find an edge is talk about it. Yeah, but no, the same thing happened in the NFL. I was talking to Warren Sharp, and he used to always bet first halves, and then they changed. It went from half, then they started moving the first half up a little bit to counteract these betters that were taking advantage of that. Well, there you go. There you gave away your edge. You gave away. Okay. Your edge. It'll yeah, still be there. Detroit yeah. is. It, they don't play. De- this is the thing. It's not just about scoring. They don't play defense in the third quarter. It's like an all-star game. They're just <laughs> li- Bogdanovich is like, I'll shoot a three, and then you know what? You shoot a three too. So if it hits, you're welcome. And if it doesn't hit, well, it it didn't hit eleven times out of forty-two. So we have uh, a couple more things to get to. First, the uh, Keith Pompey article about B-Ball Paul selling uh, hoodies, which is a great one. And then just a, a mailbag question or two. Before we do, LL Pavorsky Jewelers is, you know, Adam at the top of the pod mentioned how long we've been around. Our first sponsor, LL Pavorsky Jewelers, begged us in the early on to let us 
to let him sponsor the podcast, even though we didn't want any sponsors. For the first couple of years, we didn't even like, we just told him to donate to charities and he was the only sponsor. He has sold 309 engagement rings to write Streaky Sanchez listeners since he has been a sponsor of the pod and has really just become part of the community. I don't, I would love to see a one-on-one basketball game between him and Cornwell. That would be good. Uh, LL, now LL has been sponsoring the Ricky for like six years or whatever, but has been at 707 Walnut for over uh, 30 years and takes great pride not only in how he treats his customers, but how he treats like Ricky customers. And and everyone, literally everyone has come back to us after going to LL and said that like, that's a great dude. And the good part about it is you know, jewelry is kind of a mystery, at least to me. Like you could show me, not that I, I've said this before, you could... Not that jewelers are selling fake jewelry, but you could show me like a real one and a fake one. I wouldn't know the fucking difference. So LL is like, it's good to have a jeweler that you can trust. And a jeweler is not going to rip you off and a jeweler is not going to pressure you and all that kind of stuff. So once you buy the engagement ring, you're home free after that. Uh, If you want to buy an engagement ring from LL, make an appointment. He is appointment only at this point. Uh, You can call him 215-627-2252. Email him lee at llpavorsky.com. Tweeted him at llpavorsky. Has always supported our charities, which are right now Mama T's Community Fridge and Providence Animal Center. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Mike will owe us a line when he gets back. So. Adam, I don't know if you've uh, been following the Paul Reed out in the mud hoodie uh, thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, the headline is this, Paul Reed Beloved um, has started selling a hoodie with his phrase out the mud uh, directly to consumers through DMs on his Twitter. So you DM Paul. dangerous. Yes. (laughs) So you DM Paul. The hoodies are, as Paul says, only $100 but you get free shipping. You DM Paul, did you Venmo him the hundred dollars, which I've done. I have the hoodie. And then he, he takes your address. He goes to FedEx and sends it. Stop. He sends you the tracking number. Um, no. Right. Yes, this is happening. So this explains so much about the development of B-Ball Paul's game. Well, he's, he's waiting in line at FedEx. What is right. going on? Well, that, and that's why some of these quotes are glorious. And we were, we were talking to Tobias when he was on and Tobias was saying that like, he's working with B-Ball Paul to maybe have somebody else do some of these things for him. Um, and here is CJ, could you put up the brand new uh, black on black out the mud hoodie? There it is. The, the brand new one with the, um, the, uh, the logo is black, but on the black hoodie. So the headline it was replies. Yes, hundred dollars for a hoodie pass, and then he responds, "Free doll, free shipping, shipping, bro. <laughs> shipping is almost thirty dollars sometimes. Oh my goodness! Because he sent them all FedEx. Okay, so headline. Some these quotes are amazing, and we had Paul on. He didn't remember it. We had Paul on over the summer. We're gonna have Paul on again in January. To talk about this. So. Headline from Keith Pompey, Sixers Paul Reed finding success off the court with his quote, <laughs> out the mud hoodie sales. Some quotes. What? It, well, okay. Yeah, All right. Please. All right. Now, the, the quote here is fine. I think it's the follow-up from Keith Pompey that, like, that makes this part of the article one of my favorites. I try to respond to as many people as possible, Reed said. It's working out for me. Then the the graph from Keith says, that might be an understatement. His green hoodies in medium are sold out until February. People people can't get enough of his merchandise with the phrase that means come from the bottom of something and rise to the top. 
So his green hoodies in medium are sold out until February. Quote, it's been crazy, he said. It's been a lot of work too. For me, I have to make sure I can't let this business interrupt my business on the court. And you know, that's the most important. So it's like sometimes I have to scale back so I can stay focused on basketball, knowing all the scouting reports and stuff like that. Oh my goodness. This is incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that like he's Make the he, main thing, the main thing, Paul, can, well, we, get Paul, can we do a rights to Ricky Sanchez, Sanchez, like assistant hunt for B-ball Paul? Like we find him an intern. Well, I've offered, like we do merchandise. Like, like I, I would be happy to connect Paul with somebody, but there is something now you say, make the main thing, the main thing. You got Draymond Green doing fucking podcasts, KD doing fucking podcasts, CJ McCollum doing a fucking podcast. Why can't yeah, but Paul Paul That hoodie? means he sits, they sit down for 45 minutes and they're not producing the podcast. They're not editing the podcast. They're not publishing. Like if B Ball Paul did a podcast, he'd be like, I got to write a description. Like he would, he does everything. Like B Ball Paul, you are out of the mud. Stop doing the mud stuff. This what? is mud stuff. But it makes me love him so much. So more from the article. However, not everyone is happy to shell out $100 to buy a sturdy champion hoodie with Reed's motto on the front. Reed has received complaints about the price and pleased to make it more affordable. It costs $60 to make the hoodie and the total price includes shipping and handling. Quote, in my, ma my mind, I'm like, it's not going to be worth it if I lower the prices. It's like I'm putting a lot of time and energy into this. It's got to be worth it for me. I ain't trying to tax them too crazy, but I got to make it worth it for myself. Wow. Now he's a man of the people. This is now this, this could be an argument as to why you want this to be passive income and not active income in that if it wasn't so much work for you, perhaps profiting less would make it worth it. Um, finally, uh, so far, it's been a success. Right now, Reed is living in the moment and hasn't thought about whether this is something he'd like to do long-term. But Reed did explain why he began the company. Quote, money is going to keep getting spent. A hustler is going to get some more. So it's kind of like how I look at it. I spend a lot of money. I still have a lot of things I need to buy. So I feel like a little positive income isn't going to hurt. Oh, my goodness. This is go. fascinating. And you know... Shout out to all the green medium buyers that have. Yeah. Wow, that is such a great line from Keith. Yeah, and but it, it's just funny because it's it sounds like it's about this like small business from like a having success is an understatement. This is an NBA player, wow. right? Yeah, and the the amazing thing. Okay, let's do the math. Let's be okay. Cost sixty bucks. I actually believe that. You know, especially if he's not buying huge quantities, is not dealing with wholesalers, whatever. I doubt he's dealing right with champion right. these materials. Yeah. Um, and uh, CJ put in the chat. Uh, Paul is making uh, one point three million dollars a year. So let's say, let's say that the the hoodie costs him sixty dollars. Let's say that the let's say the average cost of shipping via FedEx is $20. So let's say he's making $20 per hoodie. And let's say he sold 300 hoodies. That is $6,000. Now imagine the work that goes into packing and shipping and interacting with 300 different people. 
God forbid he ships internationally, and then he's got to do the one where he fills out that entire form to send it to Lithuania. Like I, so we've had some. Wow. We, we have had one listener try to get him to send it to Australia, and he hasn't been able to to do that yet. So, so I don't know if he's shipping internationally yet. You got to give it, him. I give him the respect. Like I respect the hustle. It feels like if the coach doesn't think you should get on the court because maybe you don't remember everything that maybe the hoodie thing should pause, but I love it. And I don't like, you know, personally, I don't want it to go away. I don't we know. were talking about this before the show about how Philadelphia per capita has the most t-shirt slash putting things on clothing uh, in, in the United States. It feels like this is the opportunity for somebody to step up. And to take on the out of the mud line and allow you will help the Sixers achieve their potential by reaching out to B-Ball Paul and taking this to the next level. Because what, what I'm realizing is this guy has so much energy. It's not just on the court. Imagine how much more energy you would have. Also, how have I not seen a picture of him in line at FedEx? Like, uh, I, there has to be someone who has seen it happening. Like We've seen Jason yeah. Kelsey at brunch. Like I need yep. to see B-Ball Paul in line at FedEx. Also, Keith, let's take this story to the next level. I want you, why can we talk to the FedEx people? You know, uh, like I want to talk to the employee that helps out B-Ball Paul all the time. Let's make this a 2,500 word deep dive and not yes. a 600 word, you know. Uh, Ship it. Yeah. Uh, well, here we, now, if you're watching, you'll see this. What? If you're listening from one of the comments in YouTube, he was actually even willing to drop it off to me because he was in my area, but I wasn't home. B-Ball Paul is that dude. <laughs> drop it off. So, man. I mean, you never know. Is... You could order DoorDash. Maybe Paul could offer the the hoodie through like Uber Eats or Postmates or something, and just like on an off night deliver the hoodies. Oh, you know now, what? I, now That's, I want to know what else B-Ball Paul is buying because I want to know what is his expensive taste that's causing him to to really need to work. Because as he said, it's always going to get spent, so he needs to make more. But what did you just realize? Yeah, I think. I think our next thing with B-Ball is going to be, instead of just doing an interview, I think like we need to spend a day with them with the hoodies. Absolutely. CJ, you're up for that, right? Filming? Yes. And we'll go, we'll go with them to FedEx and we'll watch them pack them up and we'll watch them get the, I think that's what we have to do. I, I know we don't have a huge production company, but like we have a line to B-Ball Paul. We, we could, I think that's it. I think Can't you already Keith, see it. You're, it starts mm -hmm. off the, you, the click of a, of a seatbelt, the turning on of a car, and then you're in the passenger seat and B-Ball Paul's like, all right, I'm going to drop two, two hoodies off at people's houses. And then we got a big delivery at FedEx. A lot of green mediums need to get mm -hmm. out there. Um, what an absolute legend. I'm going to go the opposite. I know that our inclination as sportscasters is to go, this is time that could have been used improving your game. But what, what an incredible, incredible human being and a service. And I love the fact that he is concerned about quality. Mm -hmm. He is involved in community relations. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he is he's willing to do whatever it takes other than ship internationally to get this <laughs> to his fans. <laughs> Customer I'm service. I'm so impressed. Wow. Yeah. 
I think the real question is, is the basketball taking away from the hoodie business? Great question. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking about the hoodie taking away from the basketball time. Is the basketball maybe, is maybe his calling. Basketball won't last forever. Hoodies will stand the test of time. And last time I checked, there's mud nearly everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) This is super, like everywhere you go, there's dirt, a little bit of rain. We got mud. Man. Um, You know, I'm buying one. Yes. As soon as we to. get off, I'm buying one. Yes, you had that's why I had to. And I, I can attest and a word on the pod, it is a high quality hoodie. It's a heavy, like well made. I haven't washed it yet. I, I I try not to wash hoodies because I feel like like most of them don't deal with it well, but pre-wash, very high quality hoodie. Today, how did he ship it? Uh it was FedEx. I don't know. I know it came FedEx. I don't remember. Did he put a note in there? No note. Just the hoodie. Oh. In a plastic, you know, they they all come wrapped in in plastic. And the I will say the 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 out the mud thing is like felt screened on. It like you can feel it. It's not like it's not cheaply done. It is done well. I love that Tobias is like, listen, we're all trying to help him, but he just insists on personal customers doing it himself. Um, before we go, I just. The only reason I wanted to do this voicemail, we have a voicemail line, 833-LICKFACE is the number. You can leave us a voicemail anytime. We have a bunch of them. We'll get to them. We talked on the, this feels like it is is important. This is non-basketball related. We were talking on the last pod. Somebody emailed us and asked us if we use Q-tips. And I mentioned that you should not use Q-tips really. You should maybe use Q-tips on the outside of your ear, but like you can puncture your eardrum. What you should do is like when you're in the shower, you let the, if you have good water pressure, let the water go into your ear. That's the best way to do it. Maybe use a little debrox to get the earwax out of there, but you should not use Q-tips. Yeah, uh, but then you have water in here and you know how you get water out of your ear, a Q-tip. No. So, so, so the problem. <laughs> you so, just did such a smug laugh. You were like, this imbecile uses Q-tips. Well, no. So I, we got an email from somebody who said, Hey, I did the water trick. Now I have water in my ear. What I, my question to, to you and to those people is like, you've put water in stuff before. If there's nothing blocking it and you turn like the water thing over, the water comes out. Like water does not just stay there. The problem- So you're jumping around your house like Kramer, like no. trying to get water out of your ear? What I'm saying is like the water is not the problem. The earwax is the problem. So like- the it's the water isn't getting stuck in there because water gets stuck in there. The water is getting stuck in there because of the earwax. So what you have to do is use a little debrox, which softens earwax, and then you go the hard water into the ear, and it will come out. And they actually make wa- like a water thing. It's called elephant ear that will shoot the water directly into your ear. But but here is the here is why the voicemail was important. I just this is a public service message from a voicemail we got. Mike, this is the public service call encouraging you to stop shoving those Q-tips into your ears. True story. A number of years ago, I had what I thought was an ear infection and had a fever. Thought it was no big deal. Turns out my fever spikes to 104 degrees. I'm incoherent, stumbling around my house. They take me to the hospital. They put me in a medically induced coma to give me two weeks of IV antibiotics because I suddenly had bacterial meningitis. You know why? Because I shoved a Q-tip into my ear like a young Mike Levin, and it the tip of it broke off in my ear without me knowing it. And having that shit in my body caused me to almost die. So, Michael, stop doing that. Or at the very least, if you're going to put the Q-tip in your ear, 
when you take it out, admire it like you do when you take a poo. Look at it. Make sure that it's still there so it doesn't kill you. All right? This is Frank. Love you guys. Can't believe this is the first thing I've called about, but at least it wasn't one of those wipe from the front, wipe from the back calls. Yeah. Later. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, so so there you go. I almost No, th- um, who has ever... I Okay. There are a lot of questions about that call. Like, how did you oh not know that? Who pulls a Q-tip out and then goes, where's the other end? Doesn't matter. Yeah. What? That is crazy. Uh, uh, I'm I just saying believe that that in your ear could cause your body to shut down like that. I am also someone that is in the process of looking up an ear doctor. I want to get my ears professionally cleaned. Um, my main reason was it's really hard to hear Shaq. Um, yeah. And it, like I, I have to purposely put the IFB on my left side so I can listen to Shaq. Very low and, frequency. Oh, Shaq. so I want my ear to be very clean. And I yep. am an avid Q-tip user. The the thought that I wouldn't admire it. This guy was just. And that's the other thing is I think that you you clearly do not use Q-tips. I do. I, I do believe. Not. When is the last time? Would you say twenty twelve in never. your whole life? No. So this came from your parents. No, I just, I guess I never thought of it, I guess. I don't know. I know people do it, um, but I know, and by the way- you your fingers in your ear and check for wax? Yeah, I, I guess I just don't. You know, now I have, and I've mentioned on the pod, I had build up in my left ear once so much that it like, I got like, I couldn't, I got nauseous or whatever because it made me dizzy. My equilibrium yeah. was off, but you can- like I went to urgent care, but there are doctors who just do earwax cleanings. Like you can I, Google I, it. When I was in college, I was dating a girl and I visited her for a weekend and I got really sick and I didn't know what it was. And they took me to the doctor and they shot hot water, water. in my ear and it like a robin's egg popped out. Yep. I, I, I looked like, in what? the, that's what they did. They, they, and that's what the elephant ear thing is. Basically they shoot, they use like a, a small stream. They shoot hot water into your ear and it, it like... I looked in the, the like the tray next to my ear when he did it, and I was it was, was disturbing. Like, what the fuck? That yeah. was in my ear. Yeah. Yes, but, but now notice, all of that. Notice, but notice, just Adam. Notice the doctor did not. You had all the earwax in your ear. He didn't take a Q-tip and dig it out. I get it. I get it. That's what I'm I saying. also th- I also think though that there are styles of Q-tip insertion and mm. old, old break one off in the ear and almost kill myself guy. Sounds like he was a little aggressive and very horizontal. Yeah. I am more of a 45 degree guy. scoop. Okay. Yeah, I'm more like, you know, at, at Hagen does trying to like pop it out. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go get my ear cleaned. I'm um, two things, two action items after this pod. I'm going to the to the ear doctor wearing a b-ball Paul hoodie. There it and is. So th- that's my plan. Um, uh, by that's the way, insane. a uh, I, I have to mention because uh, we didn't bring this up and a, a mutual Andrew Perloff, who yes. I work with at CBS Sports Radio, and great guy, uh, great guy. you know Perloff, uh, also from same area, also basketball player. I don't know where he fits into the Cornblow, Lefko, uh, Levin sort of thing, but I'm sure he's there somewhere. He asked the question, if the hoodie doesn't fit, what is Paul's return policy? I am mad. house and he picks it up. Yeah, right. Like, the first I imagine, thing he, does is he, he holds it up next to you and he goes, nah, fam, this yeah, will fit. They'll fit. And he yeah. does the test. I do think he would return it, but that is a good question. We should follow up. And that that has to be part of the video. Uh, Lefko, I appreciate you coming on the pod, man. 
I appreciate you fucking up your uh, your betting advantage um, to give it to everybody else. I'm sure the I'm sure the books will fix that. DraftKings, who listens intently, hey, Ethan, I'm sure he's going to send a note to uh, to the odds makers. Don't but blow it, Ethan. Don't blow it. Um, thank you, man. Uh, look forward to the show on Tuesday. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you. And uh, again, we'll do Sixers highlights. And I'm going to shout out the Ricky, but uh, I said, I, I meant what I said in the beginning, uh, you, Mike, uh, what you guys have done uh, for Sixers fans. Uh, I just want to say thanks. And, and this has been a lot of fun coming on. I appreciate you. You're a great dude. Um, and um, I, I, I just, uh, the only thing that I'm said about is that I admitted that Cornblow used to kick my ass in one-on-one. That's yeah. the, the only well, thing, but well, I, I gotta be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, he and honestly, the discovery that he was good is—I'm I'm not going to say stunning. Who knows how anybody is good? But I wouldn't have looked at Adam and said like he was a, you know, a pest on the basketball court. He or was a Facundo Campazzo. Oh uh, boy, type of player. Yeah, yeah. I know. I could imagine that. And you think about it as a, a lawyer, as a personal injury lawyer, he's probably like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, um, persistent. You yes. know, hardworking, all of those different things, small, you know. He was. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I um, appreciate you, dude. All right. See you, Adam. Go, um, Sixers. See, go Sixers. So, Mike will be back. Uh, we have one more pod without Mike working on a guest fill in for that'll be either Tuesday after the Pistons or Wednesday on its own. Confirm that shortly. CJ, do you want to uh, do the thing with Mike not here? Let's do it. Also, I think that B-Ball Paul doc idea is incredible. Yes. Uh, I'm going to reach out to his guy today and see idea. if we can line it up. Yeah, over like some weekend in the next couple of weeks. We can just, honestly, we could spend three hours with him or something and I think we could knock it out, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know Lickface. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I, 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 I